This message was presented at the GYC 2011 conference. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You have a good lunch? Wonderful. Are we ready to study issues that divide us? Hopefully we won't be divided. Amen to that. Well, let's open up with a word of prayer before we begin. Heavenly Father, we are thankful this afternoon that we can come together to study your word, to look at this great subject of unity, but more importantly now to look at issues that are dividing us. We ask that your Holy Spirit will be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin uh, by uh, sharing the outlook or the overview of what we want to cover in this seminar. Number one, we want to cover uh, that division is not always a bad thing. Division is not always a bad thing. Sometimes division is a good thing. Uh, Secondly, we want to look at the greatest divider. And thirdly, we want to look at the cause, the root cause of our division, which is the division in thinking. And lastly, we'll just highlight some contemporary issues that are dividing us. With that said, let's get ready to go. Division, not always bad. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And we read from verse 1 to verse 4. And the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Verse 4, And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from darkness. There we first encounter the first division. God divided light from darkness. Division is not always a bad thing, because God is the first divider. God is the first divider. He divides light from darkness. In verse 5, he divides day and night. Verse 8, he divides heaven and the earth. So, division is not always a bad thing because God is the first divider. In fact, if you study the entire Old Testament and even the New Testament, you start to uncover this, this biblical thinking which almost divides us and the world. If you study John 17 in the great prayer of Christ, when more than three times he prays that we may not be of the world, even though we are in the world, but we may not be of the world. 
there is a contrast being drawn there. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. So throughout scripture, we find this division. This division that separates us from the world. That makes us a unique people. A holy people, as the Bible says. Let's look at this division, this separation as is outlined in scripture. We're going to look at it in the Old Testament first. Good division as illustrated in the Old Testament. We see in creation, in the very first chapter here of creation, we see that division being made. That God did not depend on billions and billions of years to create. Amen? That God spoke and he came into existence as the psalmist tells us. So division is not always a bad thing. We see also a a, a division. We see a contrast between the life of Abel and the life of Cain. They live two different lives. There is a a division. There is a separation that is illustrated in Scripture in the Old Testament. We see also those who are in, in in the ark and those who are outside of the ark. We see the life of Isaac and the life of Ishmael. A contrast. There is a division being implied here. We see the life of Jacob and the life of Esau. Even we as Adventists, as we read Leviticus 11, it is implied there, that principle, that even our diet should be different from that of the world. So division is not always a bad thing. Amen? It is what the scripture... So you can start to see this kind of biblical thinking being... Uh, illustrated throughout scripture that even to the point of our diet even to the point of our dress that must be different so there has to be that marked difference and uh, as uh, Joshua Joshua said you know choose whom you will serve today but as for me and my house will serve the Lord if you want to serve the world serve the world but as for me so you can see that division being created implied there and even as Elijah said on Mount Carmel if God be God, let's serve him. But if Baal be Baal, let's serve Baal. So there is a division. So this biblical thinking, this is what the Bible calls us to, to think in these terms, in, in terms of right and wrong. Amen? In terms of right and wrong. We see also this division implied even in the New Testament. In fact, Christ, Christ himself makes this division more pronounced. For example, we see there is the narrow way and the broad way. We see that there are those who are with us and those that scatter us. We see the, the wheat versus the tares, the wise virgins versus the foolish virgins, the sheep and the goat, the publican and the Pharisees. And then Paul said in Second Corinthians verse six Second Corinthians chapter six verse fourteen and he says, What light What has light to do with darkness? And what has righteousness to do with unrighteousness? So this this principle of of separation, it it is implied in scripture. So division is not always a bad thing. Division is not always a bad thing. God is also the first divider. As we saw in Genesis. And so we are tracing throughout scripture this separation, this principle of separation... This principle of division, that is a good division. Amen? That is a good division. We also see this, uh, this principle 
of separation continues on in Revelation. You are either hot or you are cold. There are those who have the seal of God and those who have the mark of the beast. So, in the end, there is also this separation. You either keep the Sabbath or you keep the Sunday. There is Jerusalem or Babylon. We see this in Revelation 14 and Revelation 18. There are those who are just and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous, the holy and the unholy. And even in the end, there are those who are within the walls of Jerusalem and those who are outside the walls of Jerusalem. So we see this principle of separation being implied in Scripture. This division, that is a good division. And this is what the Bible calls us to think. To think in biblical terms. To think in terms of right and, and wrong. Righteous, righteousness and unrighteousness. This contrast is drawn in Scripture. A holy life versus an unholy life. It is implied. And this is the division that is good. But then, if there is a division that is good, how come also there is a division that is not good? And I'll tell you why we have the division that is not always good. And this division begins when we start joining what God has separated. When we start joining what God has separated. Or separating what God has joined. Does that make sense? When we start joining what God has separated. Or separating what God has joined. Ellen White reminds us that true faith consists of doing just what God has enjoined. Not manufacturing things he has not enjoined. True faith. True faith will not separate what God has joined. Neither will true faith join what God has separated. True faith consists of doing just what God has enjoined, not manufacturing things he has not enjoined. We see this in marriage. In Genesis 2, we are told, for example, that God created man and woman. And God oversaw the first marriage between male and female. So, in contemporary terms, if we have a marriage of same sex, are we joining what God has joined, or are we separating what God has joined? Clearly, what is happening, we are joining what God has separated. And this is where division comes in, because it is not a good division. Does that make sense? It is not a good division. So the issue, for example, the issue we are facing today of homosexuality is not joining what God has joined. Rather, we are trying to join what God has already separated. In Genesis 2, God is clear that marriage is between a male and female. That's in biblical thinking, not in cultural thinking, in biblical thinking, that's a good division what we saw first. So a problem arises, the division arises in our church, in our, in our communities, when we try to join what God has separated. 
And we see today in our contemporary cultures, we are faced with it. When we try to join what God has separated. An example, a good example is, a good, uh, is the example of marriage. And also we can see when people try to join what God has divided again. For example, we see Cain trying to offer what God has already refused. We see the counterfeit unity at the Tower of Babel. God had already separated himself from them, but they tried to reach him. God had already made that division. We see Korah trying to become Aaron, trying to become a priest, when God had already separated that. So the issue of division comes when we try to join what God had already separated. The interfaith marriages in the Old Testament, in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, this is what God had already separated, but people were trying to join it, and that's where the division comes in. We also see this in the life of Adam and Eve, our first parents, when they try to become God. When the devil tempted them, say, you'll eat that fruit and you'll become like God, knowing good and evil. And we know all the consequences of that. That was the entrance of sin. That was the entrance of sin. So the issue of division begins when we try to join what God had already separated, or separate what God had already what? Joined. And this leads me to the second point I want to share with you. First, the first point was, division is not always bad. However, division comes when we try to do what God does not approve. The second point is, the greatest cause of division in our lives, in our relationship with God, is sin. Sin is the greatest cause of division. Because first, sin divides between us and God. Sin separate us, separates us from God. Sin is a rebellion against God. Sin is a broken relationship. According to Isaiah 59 verse 2. Sin is a condition. Romans 7, 8, 18. Jeremiah 17, 9. Sin is also a spiritual, moral, and unethical evil. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is a transgression of the law. Sin is also a failure to do right. Sin is power, according to Romans 6. So sin is the greatest source, cause of division. We are divided even within the members of our own body. Turn with me to Romans 7. Romans 7. The Bible reads, Romans 7, verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Verse 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would do, for what I would that I do, I do not. But what I hate, that I do. In my heart, I desire to do good. 
But I find myself, Paul is saying, I find myself doing that which I hate. So even within our, our, our existence, even within the core of our lives, we are divided. One time I want to do good, but I find myself doing wrong. We are divided, even within the members of our heart, because of sin. Sin is the greatest divider. I'm glad the theme of GYC is talking about the Holy Spirit. And this morning, we covered what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? To be transformed by the Holy Spirit. We found we cannot overcome sin without the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Without the help of the Holy Spirit. So, at the root of the division, at the roots of the issues that are dividing us, is the issue of sin. And unless the Holy Spirit transforms our hearts, unless the Holy Spirit changes your heart and mind, we will continue to be divided. Perhaps it speaks to, to, to the greatest urgent of all, the hastening of the second coming of Christ. Because that's it is the only reality that will end the misery of sin. So if you are tired of the issues that it devises, you are tired of sin. Let's hasten the second coming of Christ. And that will end the greatest cause that divides us. Amen? The greatest divider is sin. Sin is the greatest issue that divides us. It creates division between us and God and our fellow humans. Sin distorts our perception of reality. It blinds us in our thinking. It blinds us in our thinking. Because of sin, we are also divided in our thinking. As Paul says in this chapter in Romans 7, that which I want to do in my mind, I find that my action acts contrary to what I will to do in my mind. So we have this division also in our thinking. And so I would say the logical consequence of sin is also the division even in our thinking. The greatest divider is sin, yes. And, but because of this sin, we are blinded. We cannot see as God sees. We don't see reality as it is. We don't see life as it is. We make poor decisions because our minds also have been affected by sin. So we are divided in thinking. Just to give you perhaps a synopsis of tomorrow. For us to be united, we must be transformed by the Holy Spirit. So that we can start thinking and seeing as God sees. So we can have victory over sin. If we are to overcome issues that divide us. So we have here... Sin, blinding also our thinking. It distorts reality. It, sin has affected everything in creation. Sin has also affected our thinking. So we have division in thoughts. And we are divided in thinking because of sin. And it is because we are divided in thinking, we have also issues that divide us. Thirdly, I want to discuss with you issues that divide us in thought. But we want to look first outside the Adventist church. And then we'll come back to the Adventist church. Let's first look what is dividing other churches out there. Based on this thinking, 
the issues that divide us in thinking, division in thinking. First of all, is pluralism. With the advent of pluralism, we have so many churches, so many theologies, so many thinking, and so everyone develops his own theology, his own thinking. For example, a short history, a short history in religion, how the churches came to be, the evolution of churches. We know, we all know about the great reformer Martin Luther, when he nailed the 95 thesis on that church, on that door of the church, that caused a reformation. That caused a reformation. That caused a split between uh, Luther and the Catholic Church. Because what? He protested that the saved must live by faith alone. That the just must live by faith alone. A few years after that, another group, they were studying the Bible. They came together and they realized, you know what? The Bible talks about baptism by immersion. You must be immersed in, the, in, in water. And so, they were called the Anabaptists. So instead of coming together with the Lutherans, they formed their own group, division in thinking. Because the Bible talks about the same thing. So, the Anab- Anabaptists are precursors to the Baptists. And then, years later, you had John Wesley and his brother. So they formed the Methodist Church. And then you have those who came after uh, Calvin, the Reformed, the, uh, the, uh, the Reformed Church. So you can see the evolution of churches, but had they all been united in one mind, in thinking, they would have realized that all these truths attest to the life and the ministry of Christ. And there will be one church. Amen? There will be one church. But because of, of this uh, different interpretation, we have different churches, different theologies, some choose to follow Augustine, others follow Calvin, and this is outside the Adventist church. Others, of course, uh, follow the Armenian, others follow Karl Barth, and different others. So, in the end, a theology becomes centered on man rather than God. Division in thinking. And then with the advent of modernism, this, this desire to be very objective. There were many churches and theologies, uh, but the conclusion was that but there has to be only one church if we are going to be objective. All churches speak about having the truth, but there has to be one church with the advent of modernism. But then time changed. And then there was postmodernism with relativism. Truth is according to how I see it. It's how I feel about it. It's how she feels about it. Not how I feel about it. So with the advent of postmodernism, then we have many churches and theologies, but there's no one true church. All church might be true. Why should I be an Adventist? Why not a Baptist? Have you ever asked, your question, have you ever asked yourself that question? Why, why an Adventist? Why not a Baptist? Why not a Lutheran? Why not a Calvinist? Because according to postmodernism, no one has the whole truth. 
And we can't say that our church is the true church. The Catholic church maybe may be true as well. So, different interpretation, divisions in thinking. So, the result has been a breakdown in evangelicalism. Because of differences in thinking, there has been a breakdown in evangelicalism. In fact, I think I have it here on my, on my slide. So, they have theological and philosophical differences within evangelical community. And as a result, many of them are going back to the Catholic Church. Like this gentleman here, Francis Beckwith. He was the former president and acting president of the Evangelical Theological Society when he stepped down to become a Catholic. How many of you are acquainted with the Adventist Theological Society? I see some few hands. It's like a president of the leading uh, scholarly community stepping down and becoming a Catholic. How does one reach to that point? Because within even the evangelical church, there is this division in thinking. There is no a consensus in thinking. And as a result, many are, turning, are returning to Rome. If you go home or back to your hotel room, just Google in, I return to Rome. Evangelicals returning to Rome. Or evangelicals, beca- evangelicals becoming Catholic. And then Google will give you multiple hits. Why? This division in thinking. This division in thinking. So failure, failure to find theological truth and unity has, le- has, has led to this pragmatical solution. Because there is no a consensus in finding truth and coming to a unity, there is these differences. And as a result, ecumenism. So, churches are coming together not based on theology, not based on the Bible, but on what works. Practically, on what works. So, it is not based on the Bible. It reminds you of the unity in Babel. A counterfeit unity. A unity that desired to reach God, but was not based on Scripture. So we see ecumenism coming out, a union of all churches, even non-Christians are included for pragmatical purposes and concerns. Again, we see that truly unity is not grounded on the truth, on the word of God, but rather for pragmatical reasons, divisions in thought outside the Adventist church. Now, I want to transition now to look at division. We've looked at division that are dividing other churches outside our own church. But also, it is based also on the same model. Division in thought, divisions in our church, in the Adventist church. And I want to highlight for you four divisions, four major divisions, if I can categorize in four major divisions of thought in our church. First, we have about four schools of thought. There is biblical Adventism, which all of us should be in. Am I biased? Maybe. 
Biblical Adventism that aspires to uphold the trustworthiness of the Bible. Amen? That is solely based on the Bible. And then we have Evangelical Adventism. Evangelical Adventism tends to question the ministry, the high priestly ministry of Christ, just to highlight some few things. The emphasis on the fact that the atonement ended on the cross. But when we know that the atonement of Christ continues on even in his high, priest, high priestly ministry in heaven. Evangelical Adventism also has concerns with the pre-Adventist investigative judgment because it tied in with the sanctuary doctrine. These are different schools of thought in our church. Again, you can see that it is a division where? In thinking. But also this division in thinking, as Dan will point out, it leads out also to pragmatical divisions. Our missions, we don't, we don't agree anymore on our missions. We don't agree anymore on our identity. Are we truly the remnant church? Are we truly Adventist? Are we unique? Or are we just like any other church? Those are the questions that these schools of thought raise. More on the schools of thought within Adventism. Then we have cultural Adventism that tends to push for secularization of Adventism. Tend to welcome any theology, any teaching within our church. And then there is also historical Adventism, which I think tends to emphasize Ellen White, which is nothing wrong, above the Bible, and there becomes a problem. Ellen White, I believe in Ellen White, I believe her ministry, I believe her role for our church. But we cannot emphasize her above the Bible. Amen? And that historical Adventism tends to emphasize the ministry and the work of Eleanor, which nothing is wrong. But when you elevate her above Scripture, which she said that she's a light pointing to a greater light. She's the lesser light pointing to a greater light, which is the Bible. So that's Historical Adventism. So, four schools of thought within the Adventist, uh, within the Adventist church. Of course, there can be many more. I, I, I just try to provide a, a, a broader view of these divisions in our church, which are divisions in thinking. Of course, behind this division in thinking is also one of the great, greatest divider in our church even outside our church, but more also in our church, the greatest divider in our church, which is what I call a theological division. The nature of the Bible. What is the Bible? Is the Bible fully inspired word of God? Is it trustworthy? Can we trust the Bible as the word of God? Is the Bible still authoritative? Or is it just a compilation of different authors as they wrote about their... Is it a testimony of their experience with God? Or is it the Word of God? So depending on how we answer these questions, we are going to be divided. Divisions in thinking. 
Is the Bible the only source of revealed information for doing Christian theology? For how you know, how should I be saved? Should I read Esquire magazine to know how I should be saved? Or should I read the Bible? Should I listen to Oprah as to how I should be saved? Or is the Bible the only revealed information on salvation? So depending again on how we answer this question, we are going to what? Come out differently. So the division is in our thinking, our attitude towards the Bible. That is, in my view, that is also the foundational differences, the foundational source of our division in our church, our attitude towards the Bible. Is the Bible truly the inspired word of God? Is it trustworthy? Is it authoritative? Is it sufficient to tell me how I should be saved? Or do I need to search outside the Bible somewhere else to know how I should be saved? This is where the greatest battle is today. The nature of the Bible. Or should I just be like Ellen White who says in that small book, Steps to Christ, for me, I take the Bible as the voice of God speaking to my soul. Our attitudes toward the Bible will make a difference. Issues that divide us. How should I study and how should I read the Bible? Can I truly trust the Bible? So, in the end, divisions in our church is division in thinking. How we think. More so, our attitude towards the Bible. Our attitude towards the Bible. I'm glad one of the spirit of prophecy, one of the spirit of GYC, is a respect for Scripture as the Word of God. As the voice of God speaking to our souls. Our attitude of Scripture will determine how we are divided. At this point, I just want to highlight contemporary issues, some issues that divide us. I wanted to lay the foundation of the issues that divide us. First, looking at the greatest divider, which is sin. And because of sin, our view, our thinking is distorted. And as a result, we have different thinking patterns. We, have, we think differently, which is nothing is wrong. But because of we think differently, we have different attitude towards the Bible. And as a result, we have different interpretations of the Bible. And because of that, we have different issues that divide our church. So I wanted to lay the, the foundation. We can sit here and discuss the males and, and, and other things about creation versus evolution. But those are surface issues. We want to look at the foundational issues behind that question. Behind, you know, worship styles in our church. What is the issue? What is the root issue behind that? The root issue is differences in thinking. Differences in our attitude towards the Bible. Some of the issues, of course, is whether Genesis, to, Genesis 1 to 11 is truly, historically true. Did God truly create in seven 24-hour days? Or did he take millions of years, as the gap theorist would say? 
And then we have also the crisis of our identity. Are we a remnant church or are we just like any other evangelical church? So I'm just highlighting some of the issues that divide us. But behind this, I've already laid the foundation of the root cause of our division. The heavenly sanctuary and the Christ high priestly ministry. The, Advent, the, the investigative judgment doctrine. These are some of the issues. But we must look beyond these issues and go to the root of these issues. What is it that is truly dividing us? Ellen White and the meaning of her ministry, the second coming of Christ. We've been always talking about Christ is coming soon, Christ is coming soon, but how soon is soon? How soon is soon? So we are also divided in terms of the second coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ. Of course, we have racism in our church. You know, I come from Rwanda, and in the space of a hundred days, one tribe killed the other. In the space of a hundred days, more than a million people died. Racism. You know, you had some Adventists who on Sabbath would take a rest from killing the others. It's Sabbath, so today we cannot kill. Issues that divide us. Of course, here we have, you know, black and white conferences. There's no difference. So should we still have black and white conferences? If we are talking about unity in the church? Is that a testimony to the world? That we are a church that is waiting for the second coming of Christ? That we are a church, as Justin said, on the cusp of great things? That we are a church that is waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Is that truly a testimony to the church? Is it a testimony to the world? Issues dividing us. And of course we talked about homosexuality and then we talked about there is also women ordination which is a hot potato right now. These are some of the issues that are dividing us. But we must arise above these issues and come to the unity. Because that was the prayer of Christ in John 17. And even when we read the book of Acts, the apostles, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. I want to share with you this verse. Acts chapter 2. In the context of our theme here today, this weekend. Acts chapter 2. Let's look at first chapter 1 verse 14. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. The Bible says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Now, jump to chapter 2 verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. In other words, unity is a prerequisite for the Holy Spirit to come. Before the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles, they were all in unity. So we are talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
But we must be in unity first before the Holy Spirit fills our hearts. Amen? So we must rise above these issues that divide our church. First and foremost, we must seek God as we talked this morning. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe no matter what seminar you went to, you, you, are, you got the understanding that I must be filled with the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. Otherwise, I'm not a Christian. Otherwise, I'm not an atheist. Unless the Holy Spirit dwells in my life, I cannot confess to be a Christian. I cannot confess to be an Adventist. The need for the Holy Spirit to transform our lives, to transform our hearts, that we may become in unity, that we may, become, we may possess the mind of Christ, we may have one mind with Christ. Again, here are some points we, we, we discussed this afternoon. The division is not always bad because God is the first word, divider. There is a good division. But also there is a bad division. A bad division is when we try to join what God has separated. Or separate what God has joined. Secondly, we looked at the sin is the greatest divider. It divides us and God. And it divides us with our fellow humans. But also sin distorts our view of reality. It distorts our understanding of the word of God. It, it distorts our everything that we think about. But this division is even more pronounced within our lives. Because we see it, as Paul mentions in Romans 7. The things we want to do, we don't do it. That which we hate, we do Because of this division in thinking, we see also a division within evangelical community and the broader Christian community. But also we see division within our own church. And then I concluded highlighting contemporary issues facing our church. And I want to end on this note, which will be the introduction of our seminar tomorrow. That as Adventists, I wholeheartedly believe that we can come to unity. Why? Because no one has what we have. No one has what we have. No one has what we have. The message that God has entrusted to us, no one else has it. We have more reason to come to unity than the differences that are dividing us. There are more reasons to come together than the differences that are uniting us. Our understanding, first of all, our understanding of God is completely different from any other church. You don't believe me. Our understanding of who God is is completely different from any other church. That's what makes us unique. That's what makes us the remnant church. God has given us a special understanding as a church. Who us as Adventists as we are. Our understanding of God is different. And that is foundational enough to make us different. In the end, there will be only two systems, even as LNY confirms, and it's happening today. I mentioned, the reason I mentioned that 
Even leading evangelicals are becoming Catholics because nothing else makes sense. You are either an Adventist or you are Catholic in the end. Because for more than a thousand years, the Catholics have perfected their system of philosophy. It is not based on scripture. It is based on philosophy. And by God's grace, we can also perfect our system based on scripture as Adventists. That makes us different. Our understanding of God is rooted in the word of God. That God is involved in your life. That he is real. He is personal. Go to the Catholic Church and you find that the understanding of God is not the same as in Scripture. Because the understanding of God is based on what? On Greek philosophy. We have more reasons to be united than any other church. And so I have hope that we can be united as a church. Because God has given us, God has revealed to us as a church something special about himself. Again, it goes back to our attitude of the Bible. Am I going to depend on the Bible to give me every information I need to know about God or am I going to depend on philosophy? We have more reasons to come together than any other church. So I have hope. And that will be our introductory session tomorrow as we begin our last seminar on unity in our church. I'll give you several reasons why we should be united. And we have more motivational reasons why we should be united based on the word of God. Not only is unity a divine imperative, as Jesus prays about in John 17, but also we have more reasons that, that we should be united. With that, I would like to close this session with a, a word of prayer. And I would like to invite you to break up in, the, in the groups of twos and threes as you pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that Christ may transform our hearts to be united with one another. First and foremost, to be united with God, to have this vertical relationship with God, to have this relationship with God restored, and also to have our relationship between our, our brothers and sisters also united. So I invite you, wherever you are, if you can kneel, if you can sit, get together with someone else who you don't know and have a word of prayer. And then I'll close with a general prayer. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources, visit us online at gycweb.org.